This week in our um, study of the prayers of Jesus, we're looking at the Lord's Prayer, so I thought it would be um, appropriate to pray that prayer or to model that prayer for you in a slightly different way. So I asked Cole to help me with this. Go ahead. Our Father who art in heaven. Yes. Don't interrupt me. I'm praying. But you called me. Called you? I didn't call you. I'm praying. Our Father who art in heaven. There. You did it again. Did what? You called me. You said, Our Father which art in heaven. Here I am. What's on your mind? But I didn't mean anything by it. I was, you know, just saying my prayers for the day. I always say the Lord's Prayer. It makes me feel good. Kind of like getting a duty done. All right. Go on. Hallowed be thy name. Hold it. What do you mean by that? By what? By hallowed be thy name. It, it means, um, good grief. I don't know what it means. How should I know? It's just part of the prayer. By the way, what does it mean? It means honored, holy, wonderful. Hey, that makes sense. I never thought what hallowed meant before. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Do you really mean that? Sure, why not? What are you doing about it? Doing? Nothing, I guess. I just think it would be kind of nice if you got control of everything down here like you have up there. Have I got control of you? Well, I go to church. That isn't what I asked you. What about that habit of lying you have? Oh, and your temper. You've really got a problem there, you know. And then there's that, wait, this is just a skit, by the way. This is not cold. <laughs> and I'm not God, so I should have gotten that clue first off. Anyway, you've really got a problem with that temper. And then there's the way you spend your money, all on yourself. And what about the kind of books you read? Stop picking on me. I'm just as good as some of the rest of those people, those phonies at church. Excuse me? I thought we were praying for my will to be done. If that is to happen, it will have to start with the ones who are praying for it, like you, for example. Oh, all right. I guess. I do have some problems, some hang-ups. Now that you mention it, I could probably name some others. So could I. I haven't thought about it very much until now, but I really would like to cut out some of the those things. I would like to, I would like to, you know, be really free. Good. Now we're getting somewhere. We'll work together, you and I. Some victories can be, truly be won. I'm proud of you. Look, Lord, I need to finish up here. This is taking a lot longer than it usually does. <laughs> Give us this day our daily bread. Bread? Is that what you really want? What about the Starbucks Frappuccino you've been buying lately? <laughs> How much money have you been spending on them? How's that compassion child you sponsored doing, by the way? Hey, wait a minute. What is this, criticize me day? Here. Here I was doing my religious duty, and all of a sudden you break in and remind me of all the problems and shortcomings. Prayer's a dangerous thing. You could wind up changed, you know? That's what I'm trying to get across to you. You called me, and here I am. It's too late to stop now. Keep on praying. I'm interested in the next part of your prayer. Go on. I'm afraid to. Afraid? Afraid of what? I know what you'll say next. Try me and see. Give us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Uh, what about Jake? Knew it. 
See, I would, print, I would bring him up. White Lord, he told lies about me and cheated me out of some money. And he's the biggest phony around. He never paid back that, he, that debt he owes me. I've sworn to get even with him and, that never, and then never, never associate with him again. But your prayer, what about your prayer? I didn't mean it. Well, at least you're honest. But it's not much fun carrying around that load of bitterness, is you, is it? No, but I feel better as soon as I get even. Boy, I have, I have, have I got some plans for old Jake? He'll wish he never did me any harm. You won't feel any better. You'll only feel worse. Revenge is not sweet. Think of how unhappy you are already. But I can change that. You can? How? Forgive Jake. Then, then the hate and sin will be his problem, not yours. You may lose the money, but you'll have settled your heart. But Lord, I can't forgive Jake. Then how do you expect me to forgive you? Oh, you're right. You always are. And more than I want revenge on Jake, I need to be right with you. All right, I forgive him, Lord. You can help him to find the right road in life. He's bound to be awfully miserable now that I think about it. Anyone, anybody who goes around doing some of the things he does to others has to be pretty messed up. Somehow, some way, show him the right way. Maybe you can even help him to help me. There now, wonderful. How do you feel? Mm, not that bad. Not bad at all. In fact, I feel pretty great. You know, I don't think I'll have to go to, the, go to bed uptight tonight. For the first time since I can remember. Maybe I won't be so tired from, from now on because I've not got, ah, I'm not getting enough rest. You're not through with your prayer, though. Go on. Oh, all right. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Good, good, I'll do that. Uh, just don't put yourself in a place where you can be tempted. What do you mean by that? Uh, you might have to change some of your friendships. Some of your so-called friends are beginning to get to you. Don't be fooled. They advertise that they're having fun, but for you, it could be ruin. Either you're going to have to stop being with them or start being a positive influence on their lives. Don't, don't you use me as an escape hatch. I don't understand. Sure you do. You've done it tons of times. You get caught in a bad situation, you get into trouble by not listening to me, and then once you do, you come running to me saying, Lord, help me out of this mess, and I promise I'll never do it again. You remember some of those bargains you tried to make with me, don't you? Yes, I do. And I'm ashamed. Lord, I really am. Uh, which bargain are you remembering? Well, when the woman next door saw me with my friends coming out of that movie, my parents told me I couldn't see. I told my mother we were going to the mall. I remember telling you, oh God, don't let her let me, don't let her tell me, tell my mother where I've been. I promised to be in church every Sunday. She didn't tell your mother. But you didn't keep your promise, did you? I'm sorry, Lord. I really am. Up until now, I thought that if I prayed for the Lord's Prayer every day, then I could do what I liked. I didn't expect anything like this to happen. Go ahead. Finish your prayer. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You know what would bring me glory? What would make me really happy? No, but I'd like to know. I want to please you. I know what a difference it can make in my life. I can see what a mess I've made in my life, and I can see how great it would be to really be one of your followers. You just answered my question. I did? Yes. The thing that would bring me glory is to have people like you truly love me. 
and I see that happening between us now. Now that these old sins are exposed and out of the way, well, there's no telling what we can do together. Lord, let's see what we can make of me in my life, okay? Yes, let's see. In your Bible studies, you'll be looking at the actual text of the Lord's Prayer. I've chosen a passage slightly after that in uh, the, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6. I'll be reading from verse 25 through 34. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Well-timed, thank you. Um, the other day, I was in Swarthmore for lunch, and, and I was sitting there minding my own, no, not minding my own business, minding the business, minding the conversation of the table across from me, uh, and I heard the man talking to uh, his friend, and he was saying, you know, I've really had to come to terms with my mortality lately. Uh, my brother-in-law was, was on the treadmill, and he just killed over and died of a heart attack. And then another friend was exercising, and he, he just killed over and died. And, and they're close to my age, and I really started struggling with what it means to be, you know, mortal. And I thought, oh, this is my kind of thought process. I'm going to listen closely to this one. And he went on to say, so... You know, I, I have a work car, but I always like to have another car in the garage, too, for, for more fun. And so I realized that I've always wanted a Porsche 911, and my other car, the car I have now for fun is just a BMW. So I, I realized that if not now, when? So I, I, I was trying to sell the BMW, and I, a friend was interested in it, and, and uh, she asked about it, and I said, oh, you don't want that car. It, it has 64,000 miles on it. Did I tell you this already? I don't think so. I told it to someone else. Anyway, this is <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> and she says, oh, my Mercedes has 240,000 miles on it, so 64 is much better than 240,000. So she took the BMW, and I got my brand new, of course it's a convertible, Porsche 911. And then he went on to talk about the new pool that they had installed at their home and how the pool made the inside look bad so they had to get all hardwood all new hardwood flooring throughout the house and and to transition between the new hardwood flooring in the house and the pool which the contractors put 7 feet closer to the house than it was supposed to be so he made sure to get a really good deal on that and bargained with them to get some extra um um landscape landscaping done by them, and he said, now it looks really good, but of course the upstairs is looking a little shabby, so we're going to have to do some work on that, and lunch was over by then, but I'm sure it will go on. I'm sure it will go on and go on and go on. 
because the Porsche 911 only has 100 miles on it for one mile. And then it'll have 200, and then it'll have 1,000, and oh my, this car's old. And I haven't died yet, so I better get a new one. Which reminds me of another guy. Uh, when I was a security guard in, um, during seminary, there was a guy in, who had a very nice Mercedes, yellow even, uh, in the parking garage, and the bumper sticker on his car said, he who dies with the most toys wins. And I thought, then and now, wins what? The guy who dies with the least toys is in the same place as the guy who dies with the most toys, the ground. And, and after that lunch in Swarthmore, I... Of course, I'm not the guy that's going to go up to somebody and say stuff, usually. And mostly that's because I don't think of the really good thing to say until I'm driving away in the car. But I did come up with it. And it was truly a compassionate thought. The thought of, sir, if you don't find something other than wealth to measure your value, you will always be frustrated you will always be dissatisfied. No matter how nice your home and car are, there's always someone else with nicer. And that's the problem we have when we pursue worldly goods and we pursue just about anything as a substitute for God. Because only God can truly satisfy the desires of the human heart. And that's what this passage is, is talking about. Why do we worry about clothes and why do we worry about food? Why do we worry about tomorrow when God is in control? Unfortunately, there are some preachers who, who preach a, a warped gospel. What they will tell you is that God wants you to have all these things. What they do is they, they look at God through the filter of what they really want. And what they really want maybe is wealth. So they say, God wants you to be wealthy. So send me money and you will be wealthy. That equation does not work, by the way. It does make the one getting the money wealthy, but it doesn't necessarily make the one who's sending the money wealthy. I had a second cousin for whom this was very painfully true as she continued to send money continued to send money and became poorer and poorer because the gospel message that was being told to her and that she was believing was not the gospel message. What, okay, here's, here's a quiz time. What very special holiday did we celebrate on Thursday? I'm sorry, what? No, that was, that was Friday. Halloween, yeah, that's good. Reformation Day, Presbyterians! <laughs> yeah, it was, it was those other things too, but Reformation Day was on Thursday, the same day as Halloween, um, and Martin Luther, on Reformation Day, hung up with a hammer, 95 ideas, his 95 theses he put, and did you see the meme? This guy dressed as Martin Luther hanging up 95 Reese's cups, 95 Reese's. Anyway, that's beside the point. Um, 
Martin Luther hung up these 95 theses on the door of the Wittenberg Chapel in order to say, we have a problem, church. Because one of the things that Luther most, was most bothered by was that the church was selling indulgences. In other words, if you give us so much money, we can help your friend, your loved one, get out of purgatory. Number one, what? And number two... God's currency is not money. You don't buy blessings from God with money. Our giving is an act of gratitude. Our giving is an act of worship. It is not in order to get anything from God. It is in order to express our gratitude to God. So do not fall for these other messages that we hear. And I'll tell you, in this Day, there are so many people claiming to speak for God who are not or who are warped in their understanding. Keep this book at the center of your understanding of God. Keep the revelation of who Jesus Christ is at the center of your understanding of God because it's getting harder to keep our faith right. It's getting harder to believe the right things because So many other messages are being told, but there's a way to do it, and that way is through Scripture. That way is through maintaining a close walk with God. And it's the real God that we want to maintain that relationship with, not one that someone else made up or not one that we wish were God. The message that God wants you to be prosperous has a little bit of truth in it because God does desire to bless us but it is not the message of the gospel. Paul said, I have learned what it is to be content in all circumstances. Let me read you that from the context. I have learned from Philippians 4. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him, who gives me the strength. Paul was not saying, God wants to make me rich. Paul was saying, God wants me to be faithful, whatever the circumstances, and as I am faithful to God, I am content. I am content in the one thing in this world that can make a person content, and that is a relationship with God. In the um, Bible study, you'll hear the story of the manna in the desert, and you all probably all are familiar with the story. God gave the Israelites manna to eat in the desert, and he gave them enough for each day. Except the Sabbath, they could gather two days' worth and eat the leftovers on the second day. But if they ever gathered more than they needed, the manna the next day would immediately rot, and they couldn't eat it. Because God was demonstrating then, and he's telling us the same thing now in, through Jesus recorded in Matthew, each day is the day in which we are to trust God. Right now, don't be anxious for tomorrow. Don't be anxious about what you have. 
but each day cultivate your relationship with God. Each day, trust God. Thorne Kierkegaard defined anxiety as the next day. We worry about the next day and we become anxious. But God is faithful today. God is faithful yesterday. And God is faithful tomorrow. I'm going to close with a story. I used to think of, my, of God as my observer, my judge, keeping track of the things I did wrong so as to know whether I deserved heaven or hell when I die. He was out there sort of like a president. I recognized his power when I saw it, but I didn't really know him. But later on, when I met Jesus, it seemed as though life was rather like a bike, but it was a tandem bike, and I noticed that Jesus was in the back helping me pedal. I didn't know just when it was that he suggested we change, but life has not been the same since I took the back seat to Jesus, my Lord. He makes life exciting. When I had control, I thought I knew the way. I was rather, it was rather boring, but predictable. It was the shortest distance between two points. But when Jesus took the lead, he knew delightful long cuts up mountains and through rocky places and at breakneck speeds. It was all I could do to hang on. Even though it often looked like madness, he said, pedal. I was worried and anxious and asked, where are you taking me? He laughed and didn't answer and started to learn to, and I started to learn to trust. I forgot my boring life and entered into adventure. And when I say I'm scared, he'd lean back and touch my hand. He took me to people with gifts that I needed, gifts of healing, acceptance, and joy. They gave me their gifts to take on my journey, our journey, my Lord's and mine. And we were off again. He said, give the gifts away. They're extra baggage, too much weight. So I did, to the people we met, and I found in giving I received, and still our burden was light. I did not trust him at first to control my life. I thought he'd wreck it, but he knows bike secrets, knows how to make it bend, to take sharp corners, jump to clear high rocks, fly to short and scary passages, and I am learning to shut up and pedal in the strangest places, and I'm beginning to enjoy the view and the cool breeze on my face with my delightful constant companion, Jesus. And when I'm sure I just can't do any more, he just smiles and says, pedal. It's an adventure if we truly follow Jesus. And God is faithful, and God will be with us. Trust in him. Don't get distracted by all the things around us that would say, I'm more important. Trust in God who truly is more important, seeking first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to us as well.